think of his grace and his mercy And oh yeah, how he loves me All I can do is thank him for blessing me He shows me from the hurt and the pain A touch from him and you will never be the same Yes, I gotta thank him for saving me I thank him for my blessings every day that I wake up. We were born into this sin, but he decided to save us. Wasn't grateful for my life, but now I thank him every night. Because without him, I'd be lost. Now the problem has been solved. I remember all the lies and all the times that I disguised. But now his greatness and his mercy was revealed until my eyes. I'm so alive, I rose up from the dead survive. I cannot help but give him praise. You should come along for the ride. All right, everybody, I want to thank you all for joining us again for another episode of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I am your host, Coach Chelsea, and I'm super excited to join you again for just another time of God to share in servant leadership with such an amazing vessel. Today we have, oh my goodness, this is like family. I love these type of calls when you have family on and you're able to just share uh, the love of Christ. You are able to share a conversation to help us all grow. And I'm super excited to have this servant leader here. We have Coach Jones, who's now, I'm proud to say, the new head football coach at Amos P. Godby High School. Y'all, I'm going to be biased today because I'm a Cougar at heart. I'm an alumna, class of 2005, Godby High School, head women's basketball coach at Godby High School, and a teacher there. So he has joined the Cougar family. I'm so happy to have you here, my brother. I'm super glad to have you at Godby. I'm going to pass the torch to you really quick just to say hello to our listeners. And we're going to get this conversation started today. Gotcha. Well, hello, everybody. I am uh, extremely honored and just so amazed at the love and outpouring of support from those uh, in the building already. I've already gotten out in the community and people people are just excited about uh, Godby football. And I know more so than anything, more than any one person, um, I know that it's God. This whole story of how everything came together um, it's nothing but God. And when people hear that story, it's like, wow, yeah, this was meant to be. So extremely honored. I'm, you know, I'm excited about it. You know, I, I truly do feel that every coach that has graced God be with its presence has left a special something, um, you know, and time and place is, is, is huge. And so I just wish you all the best. And I know that you're going to come in and step in and be great for our young men. But you said something that was important. You said something that you know, God's timing and when he has his hands on things, a lot of individuals find themselves on different paths of their their walk with Christ. Talk to us a little bit about the foundation of your faith. Some people got it because their moms made them go to church, dad, grandparents made them go to church, and some people get it a little bit later in life. Talk to us a little bit about the foundation of your faith. When did you meet them, as the old folks say, and how has that carried you through right now? Yeah, so the foundation of faith started in the home. And I'm not just talking about my home with my mom and dad, who this year will celebrate 36 years of marriage. Come Uh, on. Congratulations. uh, Going into not even uh, almost a year one of marriage, um, that is such a blessing. And so it really started when I say at home, home is my village. Mm -hmm. Um, My mother, my father, my grandmother, my aunts and uncles, all of us that lived in the same town, attended the same church. And so um, at first it was kind of like, this is what we do on Sundays because you're a kid and you don't quite understand when we go to church, you go to, um, you know, you go to the youth ministry and then you come out and sing uh, on the third Sunday, you, you're all dressed up and grandma's waving <laughs> at you. And so um, that's how it started. But then it really became, um, 
I guess that moment when you say, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, that happened the first time, um, you know, really in a couple instances. And I would say the thing that sticks out the most was my ninth grade year of high school. Uh, I lost uh, a grandfather, a grandmother, and my childhood best friend all within a three-month span. Wow. So I knew at that moment that uh, time waits for no man. Mm, come on. Anything that I didn't understand up until that point, I understood that, hey, if you didn't at least profess and, and know, you know, where we were all eventually going, how, how well does that sit out to see that this is happening to me? My grandfather died fishing for my mom and, and my brother and I. That's what he loved to do. And then it, uh, less than two months later, uh, my grandmother died. Um, and this was not a grandmother in a biological sense, but this was my uncle, my mom's brother, his, my, my aunt, his wife, this was her mother. And again, when I talk about that village, I mm -hmm. knew her grandma. And so yeah. to lose her right after my grandfather, and then to think that it was over, that it couldn't get any more eventful. I remember getting ready to go play uh, my sophomore year of high school and getting ready to start my first football game. And my mom asked me, hey, after the game, do you want to ride down to Fort Pierce where she's from? Um, because, you know, your, your, you know, your childhood best friend, Janae, who's just going to the ninth grade, got in a car accident and didn't make it. Wow. And so right then it hit me that life is, I mean, life is short and it can be yeah. taken away. And no man knoweth the day nor the hour, but you need Come to on. And so that's where it started for me. That's amazing. And it, it is so many uh, commonalities we have in what you just said, you know, but I'm thinking of that song uh, was, I pray we all be ready. I pray we all be ready. I pray we all be ready for his return. All right. Hendrix got my voice kind of still shaky, so I can't bust, it out, bust a note out on you. But you're right. You know, no man knows the day or the hour. And that is why we have to ensure, much like you said, that we, we're moving in a way that God would have us to having that here I am, send me mindset, right? And that here I am, send me mindset, sent you the God be high school. And when you talk about the foundation of your faith, when you talk about, you know, how you learned him for yourself, you know, I can hear my grandma in my ear now, I was close to my grandparents too, you know, baby, you got to know him for yourself. You know, talk about how you allowed Christ, you know, that in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct that path. How did you know that football, being a football coach, of course, I know you played it, being a football coach was what Christ would have you to do. And how did you be so willing to say yes to the call? Well, I can, I say, I think that the answer to that is in two part. One, I grew up seeing the love that my dad had for not only the game of football, but the love that he had through advancing the ministry from what I physically saw. It was not an uncommon occurrence to see um, his players when I was growing up, even before I got into football, come to the house and get something to eat or come to the house and spend time with, you know, me and my brother and my mom. And so um, I, I was intrigued by that. Um, mm -hmm. I, I wanted to emulate them like, wow, my dad makes a difference in other people's lives and then um when i got into it initially you know obviously i think we all kind of get back into the sport when we're done playing because it it gives us a way to kind of you know connect mm -hmm. um, and then when you figure figure out physically you just don't have it like you did in your prime 
That's um, right. <laughs> when I started to see myself do some of the same things with, um, you know, taking guys places and, you know, being that father, even, even though I was not a father, um, just take on that same role that my dad did. Was mm-hmm. like, it's like weird to see I'm like, man, I'm turning into my dad. Um, <laughs> But but to know but to know God is to know is to know what love means. Come on. Um, and for me, I know God. His love is is faithful. It 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 does it does not waver. I don't I don't care what you do, the mistakes you make in life, um, and we all make mistakes. No one on this earth yes. is perfect. And so I know that God is love. And when when you make a mistake, um, He's still there waiting. Yes. Um, and, and his love is patient. And, and it goes back to, you know, uh, love is kind, you know, love is mm-hmm. patient. Talking about God's faithfulness to us. Right. And all he wants is a relationship. He wants acknowledgement from us and all that we do. It, it's so weird that, that you brought something up at the beginning, um, you know, about this walk of faith that we're on. And what does your walk look like when you're busy? Mm. It's simple as saying, Lord, I thank you. Come so, on. It's so simple, but how many days do we go where we've moved before we said, dang, I didn't I didn't pray this morning or yeah. I didn't read my devotion this morning. So it really is um important, especially in positions of leadership when you're making decisions that impact so many people, especially in the position that I'm in now, that I mm-hmm. stay grounded and remember that this foundation that I stand on was built with substance. Yes. So that is a, a humbling task, but it is one that, that we are all well equipped to do. I think that's amazing. I mean, you unpack so much in that answer and I think more than anything, you hit the nail on the head. You know, we as leaders in all positions of leadership, no matter who we're leading, we have to remember that their purpose positions, right? We get these positions sometimes and we think that we placed ourselves there in our own right. But we have to understand and we can't forget who positioned, and I put that E, I put the emphasis on that ED in there, who positions positioned us there. And I think when we do that, right, it changes the way we walk. It changes the way we lead. We have a certain intentionality about how we lead because here's the thing, we're not the ones that's leading. We're the vessel he's using. And we go to a different power source. I was telling somebody this the other day, you know, all the time. And one of the things, you know, this to be true and you'll find this and dealing with young people, they always have a charger with them. And I always play with them. They say, you know, coach, can I charge my phone? And I'm like, if you stay off, you don't need a charge. Right. But I was talking to somebody about this the other day. And I said, it's amazing how what good is my charger if I don't plug it into the outlet? And so every day, if we forget to do those devotions, every day, if we forget to say thank you, as you said, every day, if we forget to talk to them, as my grandpa used to say, sometimes you just need to talk to them, right? What good is the man, the great, the big God, I like to call my big God, what good is he if we don't tap into the outlet, into the power source? My charger is no good if I plug one into my phone, if I don't connect it to the power source. And so I think that in a, a position of leadership, we have to ensure that just like you said, we, we go to the gym to remain physically fit. We may do different puzzles and Sudoku and all those things to keep our minds fresh and stay mentally fit. But in order as this position of leadership and being a leader to stay spiritually fit, it's exactly what you just said. We have to plug into the power source. And I appreciate that that reminder because all of us in position of leadership need to make sure that we understand that. Now, you know, 
one of the things that I love to talk to servant leaders about, because I watch your walk and you and I have a very unique uh, way that our paths cross. Our paths cross on this servant leader, um, just commonality and being coaches. Um, and now, of course, being coaches at the same school have allowed us to now tap into a different pot, these young people. And I tell people all the time, it is a privilege. It's not a right, but it is a privilege to be able to serve the uh, the age group that we do, the, the body that we do. And it does come with some challenges. As you embark on this new, new position at Godby High School, what is your legacy that you hope to leave, not just at Godby, right, but just in this lifetime? You know, sometimes people compare it to just the wins and the losses, but I've heard it this way. Your resume, uh, your tombstone, and all the things that your obituary won't hold your record. So we seek to have legacy living. What would you want your legacy to be when you've touched all that you can, when you've touched all that God has wanted you to before you leave this place? So I'm going to send you uh, a text so that you know that this is nothing but God. Because in order to, because you love these moments, I, I can tell that. that you know I do. I talk, when you and I have talked uh, in the interim here, you know, prior to me getting there, um, when you hear or see certain things, we're, we're likely to have church right then. So, <laughs> Come on now, you know, <laughs> uh, I don't mind. I don't this, mind. I'm getting ready to send you something because when you see this, you will know that uh, you'll know that God is, is working because you just you just unlock something that I am telling you. Um, so as I was going on this, you know, down this path um, that, that most coaches do, um, you know, when they're applying for jobs, um, when they're, you know, thinking about what's next, um, you know, you have to come up with a, a motto or a slogan. Um, <laughs> wow. You have to come up with a motto or a slogan. Wow. So I, I told back and forth. And as me and my wife are traveling back and forth to either Jacksonville um, to home or different places, we got to talking and we threw out numerous sayings like, you know, team or, you know, you know, we, we threw out so many things. And then it came down to I was riding by myself. And it's kind of like the prayer that I prayed before my wife, who I've known for you know, close to 15 years came back into my life mm -hmm. and I started praying directly. And I just, I just prayed for God to guide my path. I said, Lord, I'm, I'm racking mm -hmm. my brain. This is before I got hot and heavy into, you know, you know, being on Cougar Lane. This was like, Lord, what, <laughs> what will be, what will be what I say to my players that inspires them? What is our rallying cry? And so I got to thinking about it and I said, at the end of the day, when there's no more weight to be lifted and there's, you know, no more whistles to be blown, um, what legacy will you leave? And so for everybody out there, Coach will confirm, <laughs> I just sent her uh, yes. something that I had somebody make up for me. Uh, that's yes. still a work in progress. But the word is legacy. It and is. Each and every day, it's in every... It's in every interaction with a peer, with an adult. It's in every assignment that you turn in or don't turn in. It's in every grade that you fall behind in. It's in every set and rep that you have in the weight room or out on the field. 
it's in everything you do in your life, what legacy are you leaving? And so what our young men or young people don't understand a lot of times in education that frustrates teachers is don't wait until the end to try to get it right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I, I tweeted something the other day because I figured out quick, I'm, I'm a head coach now. If you weren't in the social media, you better get into it or get somebody to keep up with the game because it's it's forever changing. And so I said this the other day, I said, it's, it's not doing too much if it means doing it right. Wow. So that's a term that kids like to use now. Oh, you're doing too much. Uh-huh. It, it really isn't doing too much if it means doing it right. And so um, that is something that we're going to talk to our young men about every day. That's a direct message that I want everybody in our program to be talking about. When you make an F and it goes on your, pro, on your, on your report card, 20 years from now, when somebody picks up your report card and they see that name, that is the legacy. You will, If that person knows nothing about you, they will say, I would not dare hire this person. Mm-hmm. So I'm of this understanding um, that because God didn't turn his back on us, come on, that we are to love one another, to support one another. And in this conquest of trying to save young people's lives, even if it is in the realm of athletics, no matter whether it be girls basketball, football, flag football, baseball, whatever, we have to make sure that the what we're putting before kids um, is meant to advance the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so it's like what you said about what grandma said. My grandmother said the same thing. You got to know him for yourself. I don't want to impart my faith on you because it's like what's in the Bible. If, if I give you, a, if, if you were to give a man a fish, Come he, on. Can eat. he can eat, but he can only eat when he's with you. Come on. But if you teach them, if you teach these young people the way and stay consistent in your message and your delivery and your and your accountability, you how can you fail? That's it. That's the plan. I swear there's no secret to how we're gonna do what we're gonna do at, on 1717. There is no secret to how you get it done. It's just gonna take selfless people who are willing to love one another, who are willing to change. I keep saying this to our kids every day. Our kids, you know, have have come and and been with me. I've had about, you know, 20 to 25 kids at lunch, you know, when I'm there, come Mm -hmm. by and spend time with me. And I say to them every day, man, new does not mean bad. There's going to be some newness that is going to be uncomfortable. But you think about it, Chelsea, when, when God has worked in your life, he's made it uncomfortable. Come on. Come on, coach. Come on, coach. Come on now. This, hey, listen. To get to this point, to get to this point, I've been the man, you know, guys have wanted a lot of different things, right? Some guys want to chase women. Some guys want to chase money. All, all I've wanted, I've wanted a family because mm-hmm. I was raised in a family. Mm-hmm. I was raised where my mom and dad treated each other with respect. And so I knew that that is what I wanted. And when I stopped worrying and when I started praying and trusting, um, God brought me my wife. Who Come I knew. here. My dad, on, my dad told me 12 years ago, uh, my wife, Terry, he said, Terry, that's my girl. That's who you're supposed to marry. And I swear, I, I, I dad, that's my dad. He don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> and I will tell you in the process of two years um, I reconnected dated courted 
asked, asked, was said yes, married, <laughs> and am just in love with my best friend. Hmm. And now that you know we're expecting our first child, it really just hits me every day of just this newness and the and the path. Now it makes me appreciate even more. Hmm the journey and the uncomfortable times that God took me through and it prepares and it really has prepared me for the storm. Yeah. And so I'm thankful. And and, and coach is golden. I I think that more than anything, you said it best about being uncomfortable. I tell people all the time, you know, when God moves, it's not this, you know, you just, you know, your mediocre movements, right? Because see, he has to move in these spectacular ways. He have to make he has to make us uncomfortable because it has to leave no doubt in our minds, you know, in our own power, our minds, and our might. We have to second guess sometimes the move of and hand of God. I tell people all the time. Sometimes we feel like I did that, right? I think about uh what's the movie? Um Coach Carter. Well, he's like, I did that. I yeah. shot that shot, right? You do that in life, right? I did that. I got that job for myself, right? You know, as a coach, I won that game. You know, I provided for my family. But no, 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 no. And so when God makes us uncomfortable, he puts us in a place where we're able to see him, see him clearly and allow ourselves to be submissive to his plan. Being uncomfortable, like you said, has allowed us to yield to what he asks of us and to humble ourselves, right? Because when we're uncomfortable at that point, it's like, you know, a guy, I, I, I can't do it on my own. I, I don't have it. You can have it. You can take it. And the same thing you said, and the biggest thing you said is that when we're uncomfortable, it allows us to move from one place to the next. I'm going to tell you right now, you said one of the best things that leads me to the next question that I have for you. You speak about being a husband. You speak about being a son. You speak about now about to be probably one of the best titles. I can't say that for you, right? I'm gonna let you figure that out on your own, but I will tell you this. I've had a lot of titles in my lifetime, but being mom will surpass them all. With being mom, now that Ham is here, being mom has surpassed every other title that I've ever obtained. And I'm thankful for that. But all of these titles that we assume, these roles that we assume, your basis for being them is being a godly man. Talk about being a husband, a godly husband, a soon-to-be godly father, as you steer these young men at Godby High School, some of which don't have that. You mentioned your father and things he taught you. Some of them don't have that. How important is it to you to tap into the young man more so than the athlete at Amos B. Godby High School? Again, it goes back to understanding how blessed I was to have the village Mm-hmm. My dad set the tone growing up for how a man was supposed to treat a woman, so I didn't have to see it other places. Mm-hmm. But it was reaffirmed when I left the house to the people that he entrusted me to. One of my greatest mentors in this profession, Coach Welton Coffey, who was my high school coach at Reigns in Jacksonville, who's the athletic director at Camden County in Georgia now, um, he, he's, he used to say all the time, and still does, he says marriage works. That's his hashtag. As he learns, he works his way through social media. He talks about <laughs> marriage, marriage works. But I'll never forget when, um, you know, he found out that I was, um, I had gotten engaged to Terry, and he called me, and we, you know, he's one of those people, when we call, we, 
we, we're not talking, we're having church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he set the tone for me. He, he's look, when I say marriage works, I'm not saying marriage just works. Marriage works because it is work. Mm-hmm. So one of the things um, that, that, that this right here is, uh, this is, I, I've won several championship rings, national championships, state championship rings. Um, I got enough to put on a chain and be blinged out. <laughs> But I don't, I don't wear any of that stuff anymore because this is the most important thing to me, to this man. But it's not, it's not because of the symbolism it holds. It's because I know what, what surrounds it. Mm-hmm. I know this. When, it, when it's put on, I know what this means. Mm-hmm. Most people, if you watch TV and, and you see when you can find a movie that references something with marriage, men describe this oftentimes as this is a reminder. Um, and in large part, it could be. But for me, I will never forget standing before my family and friends with my beautiful bride standing there and my cousin who officiated our wedding, giving us the charge. Mm-hmm. And that no matter what changes came, good and bad, in our lives, never forget that after Jesus Christ comes, this person that you're looking across from. Mm-hmm. And so I'll be a husband first before anything. But I'm a husband. I'm a son. I'm a brother. I'm a head football coach. I'm, I'm Like you said, I'm so many titles, but I will never forget that I am or I have been made in this in this new season that extends through the rest of my life till I leave this earth to serve her. Mm-hmm. And so no matter what changes we go through, um, no matter what comes up, like I say, good or bad, and that's and that's so weird that we said it, that's a part of the charge through mm-hmm. you know, through the good days and bad days. Yeah. I am with the one that God made special for me. And I will tell you that this ring is, is not a reminder, but it is, it's, it's God's daily affirmation to me that, um, that he loves me. Mm. Come on, coach. I will tell you that oftentimes when my wife talk and I am in such awe of her, um, more times than not, because we will be talking. And even if I hadn't shared something with her, I hadn't, you know, I, I can't quite get a thought out. She will say something in general conversation that that makes it all okay. Like, oh God, why couldn't I have thought of that? And, and by the time I catch myself, it's because God blessed me with the right helpmate. Mm-hmm. Not soulmate, but helpmate. We are here to help each other. And so that that is, being a husband means more to me than anything and it's what I want my young people to see, not just the guys. Oftentimes, we as coaches, we get caught up in we we're building young men. But for those young ladies mm-hmm. that, may, that may not see it at all, for them to see me talking to young men about being respectful. You know, one of the one of the best situations that I love to encounter is, you know, when I have to correct a young man about how to treat a young lady, because genuinely, um genuinely when you break it down in terms of hey do you have a woman in your life that you care about and most of the times they're at home right single parent home live with mom when you 
phrase a situation or scenario um, like one they may have gotten in trouble in, may have been arguing, possibly fighting or, or you know, talking to someone inappropriately. When you phrase that in terms of someone they love, they kind of get the picture. How would you feel if this happened to someone you love? But more so than anything, when my young men or young people, period, see me talking about family and how much I love my wife and how much I love my friends and when they feel that love, and it, it to me, it just reciprocates and it's like a domino effect. And if, if those young men leave our program and have never seen love anywhere else but it, I'm hoping that in a situation where they may make a decision that may either ruin their life or end their life, that they'll remember at one point what love looked like and make the right decision. Coach, that's so golden. Goodness. And, it, and I think that more than anything, you truly have painted the picture of what Christ called us to be, right? Like you truly painted the picture of the servant leader, right? And that is why he gave me this platform that we obtain and hold many hats on a day-to-day basis in the home, outside of the home, at work, off of work, but we roam. But more than anything, those roles fall under the umbrella of a servant leader. And when we talk about servant leadership, right, we're talking about the most powerful entity of the Trinity, had all the power that he did. And when he had an opportunity to do anything in the midst of what he knew was coming, he chose to serve. One of the biggest tweets I've ever seen, we talk about social media, was right before Easter, and it said, you know, we when often asked if we had 24 hours, how would we spend it? Well, Jesus knew he only had 24 hours, and the one thing he chose to do was to wash feet, and that was so big and powerful for me because in the midst of our day-to-day, sometimes we take leadership roles as self-seeking, um, self-servicing, but it truly should be just of service and servant leadership. And so you painted that picture of being a servant leader in the home, being a servant leader in your village, being a servant leader as a head coach, right? So we talk about servant leadership on this platform, two words that take on so many different uh, roles, so many different definitions, right? But I'm on a mission to create this longest definition from people like you and I, who stand on the sidelines, who who work every day in the trenches, building athletes, building people. And, you know, these also is one of the questions that kind of enshrines you in the Servant Leader Hall of Fame. But if I were to ask you, um, servant leadership, what that means to you, what would you tell me? What does servant leadership mean to you? I, I truly believe I would have gone and found a definition if I had not lived it. Mm, Come on. Um, Servant leadership is defined by three words, love, serve, and care. To love one another, to be willing to serve one another, and then to be willing to care for one another. And so when you talk about being a servant leader, you talk about being willing you have to be willing to serve other people. So when we talk about um, the, the references you just made, 
Jesus knew he had 24 hours left and he chose in his time when if you were to poll 100 people, you'd get everything from, I need to mark this off my bucket list or this off my bucket list. If you knew you were coming to the end, how would you spend that time? Right. Chose to serve. And so when you, when you modernize that to today's time, when I'm walking through the school and I'm lost in my thoughts and I'm beelining it to go, go take care of something that's important. And I see a young man that plays for me that may need some attention. Am I willing? Do I have, do I have the wherewithal to stop and give that young man that time that he may need at that particular moment? Am I that in tune with what I'm doing? And, and I said this when I got the job and I, I meant it. If I have to create time so that I can spend time with the people that I was hired to spend time with, because when you become a leader, that does not mean you get far away from the action. Mm -hmm. That means you are close to the action, as close as it can get. So I want to make decisions on behalf of our young people that are involved in our program long before it's time to make the decision. So what does that look like? Coach, you practice your girls every day. I've seen you practice. The result is not, the end result is not always in the end result. And so what does that, that mean? The end result of a game is not, is not where the finality of the situation happens. The scoreboard buzzing at the end of the game does not mean final. Because in all that we do, we get an opportunity, if we're given the opportunity to wake up each and every day to do it a little bit better than you did yesterday. That's right. And so I don't even say this. This is so cliche in coaching. If, if I could just save one, if I could just save one, Jesus saved the masses. He came back to save all. His goal is to save us all. And so my goal is not to just reach one. And I was just talking with one of our coaches tonight. Some great ideas about what we want to do. And I always stress this. Before I jump into anything, especially right here at the beginning, Coach, I am going to build this foundation right. We will not be built on an uneven foundation. Even if that looks like to others that, boy, they're a little late doing that. I'm a little concerned about that. The foundation, because eventually we will run into somebody just as talented as us. What Come on. We will be built on substance. And I would rather take a little time to pray, to meditate, to think about what we need to do, what's in our best interest, than to rush to do something that may be popular. We will follow the path less traveled because I think in the end, when you're successful and your young people are going to class, they're acting right, their grades are the best that they could be, when they're being the best version of themselves and they're making good decisions, with what's on that campus, and Coach, you see it every day, with, with what's on that campus, my, how special will this be for everybody there when we get this right? It'll be special. 
And that is my charge. I, I look at this next phase in my life about being at Godby as not a job, it's not a task, but this is my assignment. And God will let me know if this is right or wrong. And that's cliche too. People don't believe it. Do you truly let God, do you truly let him guide your path? Yes, because I will screw it up 100%. We talked about this the other day when I walked in on you all having lunch. We yeah. will screw it up 100% of the time. But when we just take it to him, it may not feel good. It may not look good. It may be uncomfortable, but there is growth. There is growth in the process. We just got to get it right. I mean, that's that's where I'm at, and I'm un, I'm going to be unwavering about it, and um, I feel good about it. I'm I'm hoping everybody else still feels good about it. But we're going to change truly the culture um, of our mindset because that's where it starts. You got to be willing, man. You got to be willing. The battle of the mind. I'm excited. I definitely know, and I'm already starting to feel some of the adjustments that you're. Um, making with God's help. And, you know, I, I appreciate you for that. I think you also said something that leads me to my final two questions for you for the evening. Because uh, y'all, he got some um, some some good uh, eats and bitter uh, over there waiting on him. But um, you reminded me of one of the poems, I call him a steering poem, poem that helps me, uh, The Road Less Traveled. All right, two roads diverged in a wooden eye. I took the road less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. And I say that often to those that I lead simply because it is easy. It is simply easy to follow the path that's been trotted so often. But one of the things I tell my girls all the time is we know what happens to a road that is heavily traveled. It's going to start to get cracks in it, right? Debris, right? It's going to be clear. The line's going to start to fade away. We've been on roads, potholes start sinking in, messing up your tires. But in the road less traveled, there's less traffic. There's time to walk. The road's a little smoother. Your car don't make any noise, right? And that road less traveled, although sometimes lonely, although sometimes, you know, because people haven't traveled it, you have to embark on this without a roadmap, right? But one of the things that I remind them so often is just what you said. Oh, but when we get it right. Oh, but when we reach the destination, we have now made history. We have now been the ones leaving a legacy, leaving a legacy with new footprints. And so that leads me to one of the final questions that I have for you. As we look to um, a season that's ahead of us, and I'm so excited about it, and not to even give everything away. Um, but what would you define as success? Um, you are a lot like myself, but I say this, I actually said this to some of your players. I said, I need you to understand the weight and the legacy. Didn't know about the word, didn't know about the theme that God had given you. I said, God has a longstanding legacy in the football realm. I need you all to understand that. I said, so that being said, it is a tradition, a rich tradition on 1717, um, not just of winning, but this swagger that individuals have on themselves that adorn the hood, that adorn the, the helmet and the pads. What would you define as success for this program within its first season? Ooh, loaded question. Very loaded question, Coach. You knew how I was coming. 
is it all goes into this. And so this is, it goes into what you just said. If you had 24 hours, if I had one message, coach, you get this message going. Um, I would read the, I would read the guys a poem. Um, it is one that is shaped how you build a foundation in order to build a foundation. You know, if I have a hundred guys and two are working and 98 are watching, it's going to take forever for that foundation to get built. And just as sure as it's built, something got overlooked um, because the two were being overworked and the 98 were, were watching it. So um, I'd read them a poem by Ella Wheeler Wilcox. It's entitled two kinds of people. Um, and um, do I have time to read it? You do. Okay. Uh, it says <laughs> there are two kinds of people on the earth today, just two kinds of people and no more I say. Not the sinner and saint for it's well understood that the good are half bad and the bad are half good. Not the rich or the poor for to rate a man's wealth, you must first know the state of his conscience and health. Not the humble and proud for in lifespan who puts on Van Ayers is not counted a man. Not the happy and sad for the swift flying years brings each man his laughter and each man his tears. No, the two kinds of people on earth I mean are the people who lift and the people who lean. Wherever you go, you will find the earth's masters are always divided in just these two classes. And oddly enough, you will find too, I ween, that there's only one lifter to 20 who lean. In which class are you? Are you easing the load of overtaxed lifters who toil down the road? Or are you a leaner who lets others bear your portion of labor and worry and care? So what does that mean? As we're building this foundation, the more people who are willing to join in and lift and not lean. See, the leaners are the ones who are waiting in the wings to see. I wonder if Coach Johnson's girls are gonna ever get it right. Coach Johnson, you are are, are they are they are they getting better? Are they the, the 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 leaners are the ones who are back on the fence, kind of just waiting. If it's good, I'm cheering. Hey, let's go, Cougars. Hey, I I I'm here. The leaners are the ones who say, Coach, we're here with you, but I don't ever see. The lifters are there when it hurts. The lifters are there when it don't look good. The lifters are there when you're down 21 and you may only have three possessions left and you score twice. And then when you get ready to score and say, hey, I'm getting ready to go for two so we win the game, the lifters already know, coach, it's done. We've won this game long before we got in this situation. And so usually what I talk about, coach, can transcend through sports. And it's because in my season of development in this off season, I'm watching you. I'm watching coach Guinea. I'm watching baseball coaches. I'm watching, I'm watching everybody I can watch that does what I do. Maybe you kept your head in a pivotal situation that enabled your kids talent to shine and not you as the adult screw it up. Or maybe in a critical situation when you probably should have backed off the gas and not yelled and hollered and screamed so much, you could have been a little bit more temperamental. Maybe that lost the game. So I'm. this is my development. It, it's not all about the scheme. Because if you got good players, it usually doesn't matter what you do. They, they're going to win you the game. But it's how you develop them. 
I want guys who are willing to lift. And the guys who lean, it's not that I turn my back on them because again, God never turns his back on us. It doesn't mean that love doesn't always look like this. You may need to go be loved elsewhere. And I'm telling you, as I complete this assignment of the building the foundation and getting the core of what we're going to do, it is important for me to understand that love may not always mean that you can save. Love may mean I need to give you what you need in order for you to be successful wherever it is you're going, because where you're going is not a part of what we're doing. Mm. And so I've, I've tried to stay grounded. I will, I will, I will show this to you because I want you to see, because um, I've talked to you and I know that you, um, you're trying to get it right. You in it every day trying to get it right. And one of my best friends uh, in this profession, Coach Justin Montgomery, he's a defensive coordinator at Carrollton High School in Georgia, another servant leader. Uh, I really want to connect him um, with our group. He is always talking about advancing the kingdom. That is why he coaches. But his wife paints me these, uh, these little paintings. I got another one from the previous school that I was at. But when she painted this one, she wrote me a little message on the back. And it was from Hebrews 13, 21. And it says, you're equipped to get the job done. So um, stay in this fight, my sister, because we're fighting the same fight. I thank God that he has put us in the same place um, because there's some things that I want to do academically that I know that you are on board for um, and that you have stepped up. And when I say stepped up in a big way, um, because I know I have your support, and any way that I can ever support you and your girls, I already have by just showing my face and letting them know, hey, there are other people who care about y'all. Y'all keep fighting. It's going to get right. Um, I, I, I love this platform. You have provided not only a service for um, the greater community, but you've provided a platform um, for the ones who are uh, servant leaders to be fed. And so for that, I thank you. I appreciate that. I was, you actually helped me because I actually wanted to thank you for being a lifter. You know, it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to be about it. So I thank you for being a lifter. Uh, it is so easy to lean. I think that was one of the best things you could have um, read and uh, explained, but you're a lifter. And so for that, you'll always have my support. Um, so as we close, there is something that I love to do. We talked about spiritual fit fitness. And so often it is because there's so much on our plate. We can, you know, forget. We shouldn't, but we can forget to give God his time. Um, but in the midst of our day, so much happens that I'm always strengthened by what God is and what he isn't. I think, you know, I thank God for the no's in my life. I thank God for what he isn't. We always think of what he is, but I also thank God for what he isn't because we know what people are that they shouldn't be. And so God isn't any of those things. And I thank for that, but I do my God is devotion where I'll say God is, and I'll keep saying what he is, you know, most mornings, you know, I'll write it, but a lot of times I'm running late sometimes. So I have to say this thing, but I'll say God is, and I'll just stop ripping off all the things that he is to me, because what it does, it gives me a reminder of how he's a lifter of my head. It gives me a reminder that even in my worst days, he shows up for me. I'm reminded that he's a healer every time that I open my eyes and I'm still breathing and I should not have been. 
And I say all of these things because when life gets hard, when we are reminded of who he is, we can overcome those things because if we know who we are and we know who he is, we know we can overcome anything. So you don't get a long list though. You only get one answer. So if I had this imaginary blank behind me and it said, God is, and I drew a blank, what would God be to you? God is what? God is love. Come on. Come on. 100% of the time, love. That's golden. And you started at best and said at best earlier when you said that pretty much love is patient, love is kind. It is not boast. It is not self-seeking. And my brother, you live and walk your life in that way. And so I'm elated. I am eager. I am excited. I am thankful that God has placed you in this position to help grow and wrench and leave a legacy um, of these young men. So I, I thank you not only for today, but I thank you for being the man, the God that you are. I thank you for being the lifter that you are. I thank you for coming in and already just being so humble to join the ranks of the legacy that Gabby has. And I know that you will leave, oh my goodness, some amazing footprints, numbers, and impart so much wisdom. So I thank you for who you are. I thank you for being here today. And just know that if I can ever do anything for you, anything, all you have to do is reach out. Well, that means more to me than anything. I can't wait for you to connect with um, Terry. Um, I'm excited. She is my reminder um, to continue to love. Um, I can't, I, I don't say that, I don't say that with anything other than the conviction that he has put in me because, oh my God, I would not be. I, I am already because he lives, but I would not be this man that people see today as great of a guy as people tell me that I am and how much they love me, I would not be without her. Mm. And, and that, that's not anything against my parents, my family. But when I left my family to join with her, mm, all this happened. So God, hey, remember what we say, God is by us. And so Come for on. that, we are God. Be. That is it. God is by us. I keep trying to tell the people, I need to look, Coach. Now, I'm glad you said I need to look and see if I got one left. Um, yeah, T-shirt. I'll look tomorrow for sure. But uh, I thank you so much for what you are, who you are, um, and coming on here, chatting with us, imparting some wisdom. God definitely had his way tonight. So we thank you all for listening. And we're going to see you guys next time.